Welcome back to the 2AM Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. This week, we are wrapping up our Hot Book Summer mini-series, where I read books that I know have had a lot of hype this year, and then I tell you whether or not those books were worth the hype for me personally, or if I would rather have read a different, more easily accessible book. And we are going to be wrapping up this mini-series with Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Again, I am aware that this is not her latest book. Her latest book is Meet Me at the Lake, I believe. But I read Every Summer After because I think that this is the one that had the most hype. I think Meet Me at the Lake is still so new that I don't, I don't know if it's going over as well as Every Summer After, but I do know this book was popular, so that's the one we're talking about. At this point, I am going to issue my usual spoiler alert, my usual spoiler warning. I will be spoiling this book, including the big twist, so some serious spoilers ahead. Spoiler alert! Spoiler warning, you have been warned. So, Every Summer After is a second chance romance, which is my favorite romance trope. And I do feel like I need to say that because it does influence my opinion of this book. It is also a childhood friends to lovers story, which I also love. This particular combination of tropes where you have two timelines and in the past timeline they're childhood friends who become lovers and then in the present timeline something has happened something has happened in the past and they're reconnecting and having a second chance at love that particular combination and narrative structure is something that i have read many many times before and I love it. It is one of my favorite romance narrative structures and trope combinations. So again, I need to point this out because it absolutely did influence how I perceived this book. So in Every Summer After, we have Persephone, who goes by Percy, and she spends her teenage summers at this lake house. Her neighbors are a single mother who has two sons. They are very hot teenage boys, and she becomes best friends with the younger brother whose name is Sam. And Percy and Sam do end up falling in love, but something happens, they break up, and then they don't see each other again for more than a decade until Percy finally returns to the lakeside town years later and they reconnect. Because this is a story I have read many times before, and because this book was not a particularly original version of that story structure, I 
do have to say that while I definitely enjoyed it, my enjoyment was more of the kind of enjoyment where I was like, okay, I know what's going on. I know what's going to happen, but I'm still having a good time because this is something that I enjoy reading. And there was a point in time where I specifically searched for these types of books. But at the same time, because this book is so tailored to that specific audience of people who already love this kind of book, I do have to say that if this isn't a story structure you already love, then it's not bringing anything new to the table that would make you love it if you don't already. And in addition, in addition to that, the one innovation I would say that this book does have that did actually surprise me is probably not going to make you like this book if this isn't the type of book you already like. And if this is the type of book you already like, that innovation might make it a book you don't like. But we'll get to that in a bit. For the most part, I did find this to be atmospheric. I thought that the lake and the lakeside town and the houses and all of that, it was very evocative. It was also a well-paced story. We're continually switching back and forth between the past timeline and the present timeline. So it does keep you reading. It's a very snappy, fast-paced book. The writing is compelling enough. It's certainly, certainly better written than many other books that I've read with this particular story structure and, you know, these particular tropes. So I can see why it's blurbed by Emily Henry. And the setting is both very cozy and very fleshed out. You can definitely tell that this is based on a place that the author has visited and loves. So for the most part, I did find this story to be a lot of fun. I haven't read this type of story in a while, and so I was excited to revisit it and, you know, to remember why I enjoy this type of story. What I loved in particular was the development of Percy and Sam's relationship because in the past timeline, they have this beautiful slow burn as they slowly develop from friends to lovers. And it has one of my favorite tropes in romance where they're both secretly pining for each other, but they don't think that the other person likes them. And it's, it's very cute. I will say that the actual like second chance part in the present timeline, I didn't enjoy that part as much as I thought I would, as much as I normally do. I think that there just wasn't enough focus on overcoming their past obstacles of like what happens between them. You can tell that it didn't fundamentally affect the way that they felt about each other. And that to me was kind of disappointing. What I like in second chance romances personally is where you can definitely tell that they know they shouldn't like each other anymore and they're trying very, very hard and maybe their feelings for each other are now mixed in with a lot of other negative feelings and that just kind of like 
builds up and builds up and builds up and then explodes into a whole storm of feelings that they have to deal with because they can't ignore them any longer. That is what I like in second chance romances personally and that's not what this second chance romance is. There's not really a feeling of like overcoming because they almost immediately like kind of fall back into their old rhythms and that just personally to me isn't really what I look for in second chance romances. So if you also have similar taste then that aspect of the book might be disappointing but I will say that I do think the past timeline and the slow development of Percy and Sam's initial relationship is really well done. Now, at this point, you are probably expecting me to talk about the characters, but unfortunately, there's really not that much to say. None of the characters are particularly interesting as people, and while I don't want to say that they're about as three-dimensional as cardboard, I also can't deny that it's kind of true. Percy is a basic self-insert protagonist down to, I'm not like the other girls, I like horror movies, and having brown hair, which of course is supposed to be the contrast to the requisite evil blonde woman who is Sam's girlfriend in the present timeline. Sam is an even more basic love interest whose entire personality seems to be A, being hot, and B, being in love with Percy. Percy's parents are, you know, parents. Sam's hot brother is, you know, a hot guy who sleeps around a lot. And the requisite evil blonde, Sam's girlfriend in the present. The moment that she first appeared in the book, I realized that this story was not here to be original or groundbreaking and I would have to be okay with that. The real issue that I have with these characters is not just that they're stereotypical, but more so that they're never really given the opportunity to become anything more. And I think the best way to illustrate how unimportant the other characters were to the overall story is to point to the case of Delilah. So Delilah is Percy's childhood friend, Percy and Delilah have a lot of history, let's say, but they are friends even though I don't know how I feel about that, but anyway, yeah, they are friends. And aside from Sam, Delilah is unquestionably Percy's closest friend. Now, the thing is, when Sam and Percy's relationship blows up, Percy also stops being friends with Delilah, Delilah for reasons that escape me at the moment, but the important thing is that they are no longer friends, and that is all in the past timeline. Then, when Percy reconnects with Sam in the present timeline, Percy has this moment at the very end of the book where she realizes that she wasn't very nice to Delilah for basically ghosting her. And then we get one throwaway line at the very, very end that's like, Delilah immediately forgave Percy the end. And I think that's the perfect encapsulation of how shallow both the characters and their relationships are in this book. I'm not necessarily including Percy and Sam's relationship in this assessment because it is supposed to be the emotional center of the book, but 
everything else in the book only exists in service to that central relationship and those central characters. And I don't really like that. But the thing is, shallow is the nicest word that I can use to describe these characters and their relationships because it is finally time for me to talk about the elements of the book that I didn't really like. So again, I do want to emphasize that there were many things I did enjoy about this book and if this is the type of book that you enjoy, also then you'll probably like it because it's just like every other story of this type that you have read before with a couple of exceptions. And now I'm going to talk about those. Now, the thing about second chance romances in general and second chance romances that are structured like this book specifically where we get alternating past and present chapters. The thing about these kinds of books is that we are leading up to whatever event caused the couple to break up in the past. It's never revealed to you at the very beginning. You are working your way up to essentially what is a mystery. If these two people loved each other so much, if they are destined to be together, then why did they break up in the first place? And while I do love second chance romances, what I love about them is the part where two people are able to get past the hurt and the pain and the memories to create something beautiful. But the problem with many, many second chance romances and the reason that I cannot fault anyone for not liking this romance subgenre is because so often the actual reason the couple broke up in the first place is really stupid or really contrived or both. And the issue is like in every summer after, we are almost always building up to that central question, right? Like why did these two people break up? And then you learn that the reason was that one person thought the other person was cheating for some really stupid reason and of course the other person wasn't or one person broke up with the other person for their own good without you know actually discussing it with them and when that happens i can understand why that would make the entire story fall flat because it kind of makes you feel like so you're saying that these two people who are destined to be together forever broke up and suffered years of anguish for no reason? And I can totally understand why that would annoy so many people. And I will give this to Every Summer After. It does give us an actual reason that Sam and Percy broke up, which I do appreciate. Something bad did actually happen. It wasn't just a misunderstanding or, you know, a miscommunication or something like that. But the thing is, I have trouble getting past the bad thing that happened because the bad thing that happened in the past was Percy cheating on Sam with his brother. I will give you a moment to absorb that if you haven't read the book. Percy cheated on Sam with his brother. 
And because this is a romance, Sam does forgive her and they do get back together at the end of the book. And that is supposed to be happy ever after. Now, okay. I do know that Percy's excuse is that she was lonely, Sam was away at college, etc, etc. But I just want to say, you could not have found anybody else to cheat on Sam with. You really, really had to do it with his brother? And what makes this worse is that if you go back through the book knowing this, you will start to notice that in the present timeline, Sam's brother is constantly pressuring Sam to get back together with Percy. And that is so weird, considering that the entire reason they broke up in the first place is because Sam's brother and Percy could not stop for even a moment to consider Sam's feelings. And now you're pressuring Sam to get back together with Percy? That's so weird and so selfish and so inconsiderate. Yeah, you know how I betrayed you with the love of your life? Well, I think that maybe you should stop being so hung up on that and get back together with her. Like, come on. You have literally no right to say anything to Sam about Percy. And honestly, Sam's brother should just be happy that Sam is still willing to talk to him. Because knowing that your partner cheated on you with your sibling has to be just about the worst thing. That is something that I think most siblings would not be able to come back from. But the thing is, again, if you go back through the book, you can definitely see this coming because from the first time Percy lays eyes on Sam and his brother, she is way too fixated on his brother's hotness. Literally, the very first time that she sees Sam's brother, she's like, oh, he's boy band cute. And throughout the book, this keeps getting re-emphasized just how hot Sam's brother is. Also, I think this is further proof of just how shallow the side characters are and just how much they exist only to move the plot forward because the way that Sam's brother behaves is not how any real human being would behave, but it is how a character would behave in a book where the self-insert protagonist gets to hook up with two hot brothers and still get her happy ever after with her one true love, which is what this book is. And as much as I hated the ending, I really can't deny that I did enjoy the journey to the ending for the most part. I mean, is this a silly book? Yes. Is this a beach read self-insert fantasy rather than an emotionally complex romance with actually deep characters and an actually compelling story? Yes. Again, definitely yes. Which is part of why I'm kind of surprised Emily Henry is blurbing this book because I read Book Lovers, we talked about that one last week, and that wasn't the vibe that I got from that book at all. But anyway... What I'm trying to say is that Every Summer After is written for a very specific audience, and if you are part of that audience, you may like this book. 
if you can get past the ending. And if you are not part of that audience, then you almost certainly will not like this book. Now, I am part of the audience that should like this book, and I think I could still have liked the book if Percy had chosen to cheat with literally anyone else, okay? Because I would take actual cheating any day over like, oh, I thought you cheated, but you didn't actually. I do like that Percy or, you know, it could have been Sam. I do like that one of the characters did actually do something wrong, something that they have to get over together. And I think cheating is a a legitimate thing. Like if you cheat and, you know, you want to make that the focal point of the story, like getting over that together, sure, I think that's legitimate. And I understand that this is fiction and not reality. I am fine with it. But the thing is, if you're going to do that, just pick any character other than the brother. Just any other character. It could be a random guy off the street and I would have been fine. But Sam's brother? Just no. Even though this is a self-insert fantasy, once you have Percy cheating with Sam's brother, that crosses the line for me personally. It takes me completely out of the fantasy and I am no longer able to enjoy the story or believe that this is going to be an actual happy ever after. I believe that it is possible to come back from your partner cheating on you one time. Sure, but I just don't believe it's possible to come back from your partner cheating on you even once with your sibling. I just don't think that's a thing. However, I will say that Sam should have kind of seen this coming because Percy has a boyfriend for a good chunk of the past timeline and she cheats on him with Sam like constantly. And you know what they say, if they'll cheat with you, they will cheat on you. But as you can probably tell by this point, if you are at all sensitive to cheating or infidelity, then this is not the book for you. I am not a fan of cheating either, but it was hard for me to take it seriously when the characters and their relationships were just so shallow. That is, it was hard for me to take seriously until Percy cheated on Sam with his brother. I'm sorry to repeat that so often, but I'm just not entirely sure that I'll ever get over reading that in a romance. Anyway, so those are all of my thoughts on Every Summer After. There are definite strengths to this book. I loved the setting and this book does provide you with a very literal escape from reality to this beautiful lake and this little town and all of these hot guys. Sam and Percy do have a very sweet origin story And while their love story is nothing new or groundbreaking, I do love a good slow burn friends to lovers arc every time. But at the same time, you do have to decide whether the shallow characters and their complete lack of morality is worth it 
or if you just aren't going to be able to get past it. This is fiction. There are no right answers, and I'm not going to judge you for enjoying what you enjoy. As I said, I enjoyed most of this book right up until the end. So, was it worth the hype? Overall, I'm going to have to say not really. It definitely wasn't worth waiting on hold for three weeks. And if I wanted to read this type of story, there are definitely other books that I could have read instead. I know that I try to provide a recommendation whenever the book I'm talking about doesn't live up to the hype, but unfortunately, two things. One, I actually haven't read this kind of book for a very long time. And two, the books that I have read with this particular structure and these particular tropes, I don't think in good conscience I can actually recommend them because I don't think that I have ever read one of these books where overall, like story, characters, setting, all of that. I have never read one of these books where all of those elements came together to create a reading experience that I can in good faith recommend to people in general. And that does make me really sad. So I'm hoping that in the future I can come across this type of book with these types of tropes, this type of structure that I can say, yes, this is the perfect romance for me. This is exactly the kind of book I like. This was written to my specific tastes. But I have not come across that kind of book yet. And I honestly have been reading a lot of rom-coms lately, which are much more on the lighter side. Every Summer After is much more of a traditional romance, not like a rom-com. Not funny, but much more like a traditional romance book that is all about the feelings, like the angst and the pining and the drama. And to be honest, I haven't read a book like that in a while, so this book has kind of inspired me maybe to back away from the rom-coms for a bit and search for some of those more traditional romance books instead. I think it will be kind of difficult though because right now we are in a rom-com explosion. Right now all you can really find is just like rom-coms and while I do like them, I think also at the same time personally I am kind of tired of them. So Thank you to Every Summer After for inspiring me to maybe try to find romance books that are more like this. However, however, I do actually have a recommendation for people who liked Every Summer After. If this is one of your favorite books of the year, if this is a book that was very much worth the hype for you, then I have a book that I found to be very similar and which I'm going to recommend to you now. That book is One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle. So this book takes place in Italy, obviously. It's summertime. There's gorgeous Italian scenery. It takes place by the sea, so you get seaside beach vibes as well. There's delicious food and there is also a hot guy. Essentially, One Italian Summer is about a woman and her mother, she and her mother, were going to go to Italy on this mother-daughter vacation, but then her mother dies and so she decides to take this vacation 
on her own and she goes to Italy. But the thing is, while she's in Italy, she comes across like her mother, but like a younger version. And so this book is very much about grief and parental grief in particular, the grief of losing your parents and how to deal with that. And while I did find this book atmospheric and it very much made me want to go to Italy, at the same time, personally, I didn't fully enjoy it for reasons that are related to my complaints regarding both book lovers and Every Summer After, which will make sense if you listened to my episodes on these books. However, I don't think it was a bad book. I did enjoy reading it and definitely if Every Summer After is your jam, One Italian Summer is definitely going to be up your alley. So if you loved this book, go read One Italian Summer. Okay, so that is everything I have to say about Every Summer After. And that is also everything I have to say about hot books because this is the last episode in our in our Hot Book Summer mini-series. I hope you found this mini-series somewhat helpful in deciding whether or not you would enjoy these books. And I will be bringing back this series in the future whenever my next batch of holds from the library comes through. So keep an eye out for that. Also, if you have any hot books that you want me to read in particular, check out the link in the description. I have a Substack post where I take suggestions regarding like what books you want me to read for the podcast. So go click on that link leave me a comment, and I'll definitely look into whatever you recommend. All right, that's everything for this week. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week at 2AM. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels! (laughs) 